one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the Conehead Sports Podcast with Ashton Claiborne, who's your host, and me, special guest, Braden Eviews. Thank you, Braden, for the introduction. Yeah, welcome back. Um, we took a little break for uh, for Christmas, which seems like an eternity ago. We took that week off, and then last week had some some stuff go wrong, but we are back. It is January 10th, which will be – now this will be uploaded January 11th. But, uh, man, how have you been doing? Oh, I mean, I've been doing pretty good. Uh, you know, like I was really excited last week, like when my Cleveland Browns made the playoffs. First time since Ooh. 02. We're excited about that, getting ready for the wild card game tonight. Oh, I'm, I'm excited for it too. I, I mean, I'm a Vikings fan, and the Vikings sadly do not know how to make the playoffs. So, I mean, kind of rooting for a, a close team. I think, I mean, I don't know who I'm rooting for, but right now, I mean, I like Drew Brees, but I think I would love to see the, the Browns whoop up on the Steelers tonight, if I'm being honest. <laughs> well, I don't like our chances, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, with all the COVID issues we've had and – Kevin Stefanski not being able to be on the sidelines tonight. I think all the cards are not in our favor, but that's when Baker Mayfield shows up. So maybe he has a little trick up his sleeve tonight, but I'm not holding out any. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely get to the Browns things. There is a whole lot of karma going towards the Browns. Um, let's start with, I mean, kind of what everybody's talking about right now is, besides UK, we'll get to UK in a second. We'll talk about the NFL playoffs that are happening and what happened yesterday, what happened, what's going to happen today, what's currently happening right now is we're both probably watching the game. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and the Browns are, I mean, the, the Bears are going for a fourth and four. And we'll, we'll wait a second. We'll see if they get this. I already Mitch saw Trubisky? Ah, oh, dang it. No way. <laughs> oh, did he get it? No, he, he didn't get it. Oh, you are uh, your your TV must be ahead of mine. Spectrum isn't really on their stuff today. Well, I have but Spectrum, um, so I don't know what that's about. What? Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's just I guess it's just slower in the over here. Whatever. But um, we'll start with yesterday. We had a few uh, a few good games. We'll start with the uh, the Seahawks Rams. I don't know if you watched it. We watched the I watched the kind of tried to watch a few of these games, but uh, actually no. We'll start with the Colts Bills. Bills have won their first playoff game since 1995. The Bills are back. I mean, if I'm being honest, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, you can't really hate Bills Mafia because it's kind of insane that you just kind of love it. Well, I mean, I love Bills Mafia, of course. Yeah, If we end up playing the Bills, I'll hate them. But, I mean, that place sounded like it was packed yesterday, and it was like 6,500 people. So... Apart from the dog pound, which is the best fan base in the NFL, <laughs> I, like I'd have to, I'd have to give it to Bills Mafia a second. Listen, the I mean the Bills. I feel like no kidding. If we had a full stadium and a full amount of fans for the entire year, the Bills could be fourteen and two instead of thirteen and three because their atmosphere changes so much. And if they had home home field advantage in these playoff games, you kidding me? I I can't I don't who would want to play in front of that fan base? They're all insane. I mean, I wouldn't uh and I think even the 6700 is going to play a big part in these games going forward. I mean, I think it played a big role yesterday, uh especially late in the game, which by the way, that that was a fumble. So the Colts oh, yeah. never had an opportunity anyway. 
but I was I, I was watching it and I was like, the refs, no way they can overturn. He like got up, he was fully standing up, and they were like, nah, he's down. And I'm like, watch, wait, watch the TV. But yeah, but karma came back to bite him because they shouldn't have had, had an opportunity there. Absolutely not. I feel I feel like the Colts are. I don't know if they can be anything next year because I feel like Philip Rivers is kind of. Middle tier quarterback, yeah, he's old and he has like what thirty kids. I feel like everybody makes that joke about him. <laughs> but that was that's kind of wrapping up basically the entire Bills Colts game. Nothing they Bills won. That's kind of it. Yeah, and you know, I mean, like that was a big monkey for the Bills to get off their back. You know, like in a way, the Bills and Browns are very similar in terms of just losing. So like I was, <laughs> them. You know, like as a Browns fan, I can relate to their pain. So I was happy for them to get that win yesterday. Oh, for sure. And my uncle is a big Bills fan. I've seen him suffer over the years, so it's good to – at least good for him to get one. Yeah. But now we'll move to the Rams-Seahawks. Actually, that was the that was the third game, but we'll just move to it anyways. It's on my list. Um, no, that was the second game. Like, you got it right. Oh, it was? Okay, yeah. good. Um, Russell Wilson is – I mean, what was that? I was hoping you could tell me. I what happened to Russell Wilson? I, now, first of all, credit to the Rams defense, one of the best defenses in the league. But for sure, it seems like ever since they had those two Super Bowl appearances, I'm not saying he's been bad, but I don't think he. I think people overrate him a little bit because he has they, good, they, you know first half of the seasons, and then it just feels like he drops off. Like, I don't get it. The last three seasons, the first four or five weeks, everyone's like, Russ for MVP, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, we'll see. And then this kind of happens. Stuff like this happens where he either sucks in the end of the season or playoff game is lost or they don't even – I don't know. They've they've made the playoffs. But the Rams, you got to give Sean McVay some credit. He's like, what, 37 – I think I saw this stat, 37-0 and 0 after uh, winning after halftime. That's – yeah, I, I I think I saw that stat too. And another thing about McVay, I mean, you know, he, he planned for Walford to play. He gets hurt, and he knew he had Goff as his emergency quarterback. And Goff – I mean, Goff didn't come in and play great, but he did what he had to do, and I think McVay does a great job of playing to his players' strengths, which is why I think they were able to get that win yesterday. I, I think Sean McVay is – in uh, let's see, top five coaches. Even though he did lose to the Jets, which looks terrible, I feel like his play calling, this that. I mean, I watched an interview with him where he said like, and he was a quarterback in high school. He remembers every play and every snap he ever took, which he could be bluffing, mind you. But I mean, that's kind of insane. And well, he's I like thirty five. Yeah, and I mean, and really, all you have to point to is that. He's made the playoffs, what, this is his third playoff in four years as head coach, I believe. And, I mean, before that, the Rams weren't. You know, they were consistently, you know, like they used to call Jeff Fisher, Mr. 7-9, and nine, and they would just go you know, <laughs> mediocre every season. And the first season he comes in there, takes him to, I think it was 11-5. and five. All right, we had some technical difficulties, but um, we're back. We were, if I'm correct, we were just leaving off on ranking our top five coaches because I thought I was going to put Sean McVay in the top five. And I'm thinking about it. 
Do you think Andy Reid would be a good number one? Is that as of right now? Yes, I I think you have to put him number one because obviously last year's Super Bowl, and I think the Chiefs are the favorite to win this year. So until someone dethrones him, I think he's got to be number one. I think I'd put him. I'd put Sean Payton somewhere in there. Um, Pete Carroll maybe. I don't know. After that loss yesterday, I don't feel about it. I mean, Pete Carroll's a tough one because, well, let's all right. Candidates: Mike Tomlin. You agree he's got to be oh, a yeah. candidate. Uh, oh yeah. Sean McDermott, Bills. I think he's got to be in the conversation. Uh, he did, yeah. Let's see. Kyle Shanahan for the 49ers. Uh, I know they Love had a down Kyle year, Shanahan. but you know everybody right. got injured on their team though. Yeah, <laughs> and then of course you got to think of Bill Belichick. I mean, I know he. That's true. Once again, a down year, but. Let's not forget his past. Pete Carroll, like you mentioned. I mean, there are a lot of good coaches in the league right now, so I think there's an argument to be made for a lot of them. I think if we're ranking like, yeah, I think Mike Tomlin's in there. I think Sean Payton, Reed, Belichick, and then Sean McVay probably. And then I'd probably maybe put Sean McDermott as the sixth man. Yeah. I I think it's a, you know, in – Top five players, coaches, whatever. Like the list is always fluid. It changes oh, yeah. in and out every year. So this year I'd go uh, read one. All right, just for this year. Let's just do. <laughs> yeah, this year, this year. Not overall. So read one. I think you put Sean McDermott two. Yeah. Uh, third. You got to put Peyton three. Well, I mean, they're not even the. He did. He he didn't even have his best wide receiver or his quarterback half the year. That's a good point. All right. Like, I'm okay with that. Uh, Peyton, uh, um, Matt LaFleur for the Packers. Oh, that was a good – that's a good one, yeah. I think he's got to be in there maybe. And then five – I mean, and no matter what, we're leaving off a lot of good coaches. But I think – That's true. You know, you got to look at Kevin Stefanski for the Browns. First year head coach, taking them to the playoffs. First time that is crazy. in 18 years. Um, Brian Flores. For the Dolphins, like I know they didn't make the playoffs, but they looked, you know, like they're on the oh, up and up. They they really did look really good. I mean, you could really put any of those three. You can even put, uh, I mean, you can put Ron Rivera. I mean, I know they. they oh were yes, I would, yes, actually, correct. that's a good one. But the quarterback situation there was awful, and you know the off season, you know, drama with the name change and, you know, Dan Snyder and just everything that mm-hmm. went on there for them to win the division. I know it's the worst division in the history of football, but <laughs> nonetheless, they won the division and, and they had an opportunity to beat Tampa Bay last night. Listen, we'll get to that in a sec. Actually, we'll get to that right now. Might as well. <laughs> um, They did. Um, If you're the Bucks and you're looking at that game and you're thinking we gave I think 23 points up to a third string quarterback who hasn't played a game in been a, been a few years. Yeah. It's been a while. That's a horrible look on your defense and that's looking terrible going into the next game. I mean, you got to really you got to Bruce Arians really got to step back and assess what they have and say, "Okay, we got to make adjustments." Cuz who do they play next? I think they play they will probably play the Packers. It, it all depends on who wins this game. Like, if the Saints win, then – wait, no. No, I lied. No, I, 
they will likely play the Saints since the Rams won. So yeah, so it, it will likely be at New Orleans next week, assuming that the Saints beat the Bears. Listen, I don't think there's any chance they beat the Saints or even the Packers. I mean, they they ripped up on Aaron Rodgers that one week, but I mean, what's the what's the coach's name again? I just lost track of for the Packers, Packers or uh, yeah, uh, uh, Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I watched the whole video on the Packers losing that game big time uh, to the Bucks, and they were talking about they just. Or wait, was it the other way around? Uh, no, the no, the Bucks beat the Packers big. Yeah, okay. And they were talking about he was like they literally just blitzed Aaron Rodgers the entire game, and I feel like the Packers will make an adjustment, like they will, and I feel like they would steamroll the Bucks now. The Bucks don't even look that good. Well, I mean, yeah. they they look better than most teams, but yeah. Uh, well, the Bucks were. Uh, uh, beneficiary of a very weak schedule down the stretch uh during the broadcast last night i heard uh i forgot who said it but one of the commentators said that the bucks beat one playoff team this season and uh and it was the packers uh so that was their only playoff like that was the only team they beat that made the playoffs in the regular season so they had an easy schedule and they even struggled with that easy schedule (laughs) That's that's see that's interesting. Um, speaking of uh, the Bucks, we'll get into. I want to get into this because I feel like this is one that I've been. I mean, it could go either way, and I'm gonna even toss another name in there. So Gronk had to. He was having to guard Chase Young off the edge on. Uh, I think it was a majority of the plays when he had him blocking. I mean, if everybody knows what Gronk looks like, he's not his old self. He has a lot less meat on his bones. But that's a task. Chase Young is incredible. Like, he's crazy good. Uh, he He's looking to be the next J.J. Watt, but – or the next – I think the next T.J. Watt because I feel like T.J. Watt plays more of the position that Chase Young plays. Fair. But do you think – who would you rather have? Would you rather have Gronk, Travis Kelsey, or George Kittle? Well, I am assuming like you mean like at their prime, right? Yeah. Okay. I think you got it. Actually, actually no. You know, actually no. Do it this year. Who would you rather have this year? Seeing that Kittle was actually healthy. Okay. I would still go Travis Kelsey, uh, and not because he was my fantasy tight end. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what he was second in the league in receiving yards this season. I, I think mean, so. For, for a tight end, that's unheard of. And I, not saying Kittle couldn't have done it had he been healthy, because I think, you know, those two guys and Darren Waller are just all around, you know, great talents, and I think this league has a lot of good tight ends going forward. But at this moment, like, give me Kelsey. I think that's a good pick. If it was me, though, I would take um, I would take George Kittle just because I feel like he is – I mean, he's still young, and I feel like over time he's going to really be something – that man could block so well. Mm-hmm. And then, like, last year in the playoffs, going down that stretch to go play the Chiefs, I mean, they really convinced him not a single person can tackle him. When they played the Saints, he looked like the best tight end mm-hmm. in the entire league. He was insane. But I could definitely see Travis Kelsey. Those, I feel like it's not – I feel like Gronk's a nice third. Gronk is still really, really good. Yeah. But I, I think Kittle and Kelsey are, are crazy good. But – 
so that was that. Um, we're still kind of we'll talk. You know, let's preview the game tonight because I know that's a big game for you, and you're probably stressing about it. That's probably why I did this podcast. Hey. I was kind of like, I thought they played the second game today, and I was like, he's really gonna do a, a podcast right in the middle of the Browns game. Yeah, like Otherwise. I couldn't do that. Like I'd be hopping all over the place. Like it'd be a very <laughs> uh, unorganized podcast. I mean, it already is. We've had a lot of technical difficulties, <laughs> but yeah, but it'd be even more unorganized. So, that's what I'm saying. Um, tonight, the Browns play the Steelers. The Steelers came off a win versus the Colts where they came back and won the division. It made me really mad. I There's not a single team I've hated more this year, more than Steelers fans and the Steelers. I hate – I mean, Spencer Wood, I know he's listening. I love you. I hate the Steelers. I, I cannot stand – because, like, I mean, there's there's a few Steelers fans. Spencer's not one of them. But there's a few that I know that always give the blame to, like, other things. But yeah, Chase Claypool, um, Juju, Eric Ebron. Um, who else is that wide receiver? Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson. It sounds like you're throwing those, a bunch of guys that drop footballs right now. Those guys are crazy talented. But they cannot catch. They haven't been able to catch. I'm so confused. I, I I don't what I think Pittsburgh is number one in the NFL in drops. I may be, I may be slightly wrong on that, but I know I would not doubt it. But I, I know they're up there. Um, I mean they're all you know they're all uber talented. But and those drops have cost them some games. Like I think about the Bills game. I remember early on uh, Deontay Johnson 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 dropped a screen pass and had he caught it it looked like he had a lot of blockers in front and he could have gone to the house i I do remember that game but i mean even with their dropping problems they won the afc north which in my opinion is the toughest division in football and they you know they get a home playoff game so i guess you got to give credit to big ben in some aspect and you know because they have no running game either so it's been a bunch of you know, wide receivers who can't catch and no, yeah. you know, no presence of a run game. And yet they're, they're sitting here at 12 and four. So I guess you got to give some props to big Ben, but that's true. But even with our two top corners out and even with all of our COVID problems, we're going to win tonight and I'm going to dance and I'm going to text Braden Johnson and I hope he's listening <laughs> and I'm going to be happy and we're going to win 27, 24. That's my gift. 27-24. That's a good prediction. Um, I'm trying to think. We you talk, We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, or might have been before when we were talking. Steven Stefanski's out. They, You just say your top two corners are out. Mm. I give Baker Mayfield after – this is his third year or fourth year? Third. 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 I think he has a chip on his shoulder. I feel like he's had a chip on his shoulder this entire year. I feel like people have been underestimating him. They made the playoffs. I think there's a good chance. But if I was betting, I'd probably bet against the Steelers. But, but I think the Browns could win tonight. And, I mean, let's see. I'm trying to think. If um, Baker Mayfield throws two touchdowns, I feel like they – actually, I feel like if Baker Mayfield throws three touchdowns, I feel like they win easily. But if – Big Ben throws, I don't know, because the the Browns running game really is there too, but the Steelers, 
I'm just happy Benny Snell's there. Uh, and I'm unhappy know. Benny Snell's there and Dupree <laughs> because I love those guys so much, but I hate the Steelers so much. So I can't stand that it seems like Pittsburgh takes all the UK guys. And and they took Joe Hayden a few years ago, and I used to love Joe Hayden. And so Pittsburgh has a lot of guys I like, but I don't like Pittsburgh. But yeah. But as far as Baker goes, if I love Baker, but if he throws the ball more than twenty five times tonight, like we're losing the game. We got yeah. We gotta rely on Chubb and Hunt a lot tonight, which I don't understand Stefanski. I mean, I love Kevin Stefanski, but it feels like over the past few weeks he's gotten away from the run game. He, uh, We passed the ball 53 times against the Jets. There's no mm-hmm. reason that we should have to throw 53 times against the Jets. I know. And that's <laughs> when we didn't have our receivers for COVID, and we had Chubb and Hunt. So I didn't understand the play calling the past couple weeks. But hopefully, maybe him not being there is a good thing. It's not. I'm just saying. Uh, maybe, I, maybe we'll rely on the run more, and it will lead to a victory. I think. I think that's a really good prediction. I think easily the Browns can pull this off. Um, the only thing I love Baker Mayfield. I love his confidence. I love his swagger. The only thing I hate is his commercials. <laughs> I cannot stand those at all. I hate that he does it, but he's probably making a whole lot of money from it. Uh, no, but there was always that he has more commercials than wins. Yeah, more commercials than like I, it, it's a Stephen A. Smith quote. He said like he's got more commercials and playoff wins or you know playoff appearances or something like that. But I mean, I think they're kind of entertaining. Now they're not entertaining. When they come <laughs> on after he threw a pick six. But if I threw up fourteen and one comes on, like I laugh at it. But yeah, okay. they do get funny, but I've watched them too much. And <laughs> maybe one tonight will be funny, but we'll wrap it up with our football talk with last night. We already talked about the Seahawks uh, Rams game. Um, do you, I think, in my opinion, DK Metcalf has been overrated this entire year ever since he chased down Buda Baker on that like 100 yard run. I think he's been overrated. Do you think he's overrated or do you think he's underrated or just perfectly rated? Uh, I'll go slightly overrated. And, I mean, it's kind of been like, you know, the same thing with the entire Seahawks offense. Uh, Wilson, beginning of the season, MVP talks, you know, looking like maybe the best quarterback in the NFL. DK looking like one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And ever since the second half of the season, it's been – just mediocre. So yeah. I would have to go – I mean, you know, like your top wide receivers, they can be lined up against anybody in the league and they're going to get theirs. And right now it just seems like DK can't do that yet. So I think he's slightly overrated. I still think he can be, you know, one of the best receivers. But as of now, yeah. I don't think he is. I think – for whatever reason, when I think of the Steelers, I think of Tyler Lockett because I swear that Matt has over a million catches because when I'd watch him on Sunday night, whatever game, I feel like he was always on TV and mm-hmm. I always heard, what's his name? Um, Chris Collinsworth always say Tyler Lockett and it was, man, brings back, I hope Tyler Lockett doesn't retire because I mean, I love hearing his name for whatever reason, but I think, I definitely think DK Metcalf is a little overrated. I think in the future, he could definitely be what everybody thinks he can be, the the six three, well like two eighty, whatever he is, 
Yeah, I mean, no, like he's, not. I mean, he's a monster of a person. So he has all the attributes to. I mean, to me, he looks a lot like Julio Jones. Uh, but yeah, or you know, people compare him to Calvin Johnson, Megatron. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think those comparisons are a little far, far fetched. But I think Julio Jones is a fair. You know, that's his ceiling. You know, I think Julio Jones could be his ceiling. I think it can too. I um, me and Julio Jones. They just talked about him and Matt Ryan might be on the trading block for this offseason. So we'll see how we'll see how that goes. But I definitely think that DK has a really high, really high ceiling. But he could also his floor is decently low. But with a quarterback like Russell Wilson who should be cooking, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much all we have for I mean NFL talk. Glad we let off with it, especially since it's starting. Tonight, um, but your pick is probably still the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, as much as I hate to say it, because like, if the Browns win tonight, that's who we'd play. You know, like earlier, I was you know being a little mean towards the Buccaneers, but last time <laughs> I was on here, I said Chiefs Buccaneers, so I'm gonna stick with it. I I think the Bucks will surprise people, and I'll go Chiefs Bucks Super Bowl. And I think I said Bucks win it last time I was on here, but I'm going to change. I don't know if I'm allowed to do the that, Chiefs. but I'm going to change to the Chiefs. I feel like I've done a, a prediction every podcast for the last two months, but well, it's fine. <laughs> I think it's I think it's going to be Chiefs Packers now. Okay. Um, but I still think the Chiefs are so good. I there's no way I could say no to the Chiefs winning. But that that's just my prediction. If it I'll probably do a next prediction on every single round of the playoffs and do that. But that's it for NFL talk. We'll now move into NBA and then we'll end with UK basketball and UK football. NBA, there's a lot of things going on with uh, LaMelo. I mean, Tyrese Maxey has been cooking. Emmanuel quickly has been cooking. Steph Curry has been cooking. Uh, but we'll start with LaMelo just went up against Lonzo and kind of slaughtered him in the the statistics region of the game. Uh, do you think – give it three years, three years, 2024 season. Who do you think will be better, LaMelo or Lonzo? I mean, even LiAngelo. Uh, right, well, definitely not LiAngelo because he won't be in the league. But I'll go with Melo. Uh I've thought all along, and I don't think I'm alone in this. I think he is the most talented. Uh, Lonzo, if he could just find a jump shot, which he still doesn't have, I don't care how much he's improved it or the stats. Yeah. Every time he shoots, I don't think it's going in. But as far as Melo goes, I think he has the potential to be a star. I like I think he does. A a like higher tier all-star. I think Lonzo is maybe a lower tier all-star. Maybe one or two years he'll get in there. But I think I think LaMelo's his length and his passing ability just sets him and and that he can shoot. I mean Lonzo is basically LaMelo without the be able to shoot, mm-hmm. but LaMelo having that jump shot and be able to finish at the rim just like makes him that much better than Lonzo and it will make him better in the next few years and I'm I mean I love LaMelo. I thought he should have went number one. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, after seeing Anthony Edwards at Georgia and I mean, Ashton Hagens absolutely put him on lockdown. I didn't think he should have went number one, but that's, that's not a talk for right now. 
Um, I'm just saying I think Lamelo could be could be a steal of this draft. He did go number three, but I feel like he could be very, very good. But talking about some UK players, oh, and no, like three years ago, I mean, do you ever remember watching those Chino Hills highlights? Uh, well, yeah, uh, and but I'll tell you what I remember watching the most was, and I I feel embarrassed to say I haven't watched it now, but that uh like balling the or like balling the family like what was that documentary <laughs> called where they followed, on slam yeah what was that like where they followed them around and like it was Lavar <sighs> and Jello and Mello and Lonzo and they just followed them I have, around I have, I do remember that I have no idea what it's called but I definitely do remember watching some of those yeah that was hilarious. and they'd show like you know the Chino Hills highlights and you know, how they were like at home I don't know why I watched those but i did and i'm and i'm kind of embarrassed to say it but it's okay i think having lavar (laughs) step out of the spotlight completely has just made his son so much better i mean you got to pull the plug on dad after i mean what he did we can go on for an hour of the crap he said (laughs) but i remember i remember in like eighth grade it might have been ninth grade no it no it was probably seventh or eighth grade watching chino hills highlights of these guys just whoop up on some kids and this team was probably i mean it, it definitely could go down on one of the best high school teams ever play they were whooping everybody and like the the their starting five i feel like they just made a video that i saw like the starting five four of the five of them are either in college or in the nba and are good players that's a like <laughs> Imagine playing that team in high school. Oh like you're God. you're just sitting in algebra two. You're just doing some homework. You're like, man, I gotta guard Lonzo Ball tonight. You gotta <laughs> be kidding me. Like that, and especially if it's like an awful, you know, like school, like you know, Montgomery County is playing Chino Hills tonight. Could you like that would be awful. <sighs> I, I mean, I no hate to Montgomery games. County. I'm just trying to think of a school. Did Did you just see on the? The TV, another Baker Mayfield progressive commercial. Like, like I was going to mention that, but you were in the middle of your Chino Hill thing, so I wasn't going to say it. But I, That's I, hilarious. That was funny, though. Um, Now, I put something on my story. I like to get people's opinions on this or that player or something, whatever. And one of them was, is Steph Curry the greatest shooter of all time? This could be very arguable because there's so many great shooters. He just dropped like 62 the other night and then like 40 last or 37 last night or whatever. Do you think there's a, a real argument that he could be the greatest shooter of all time or is? I think he is. And I think my dog agrees with me because I don't know if you can hear her or not, <laughs> but she's barking in the background. But I think Curry is the best shooter of all time. Uh, I think you got to talk about Ray Allen in that conversation yeah. as well. But Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver. That's a, that's a good call. But, I mean, Curry can move off the ball and for a point guard. And, yeah, he can move off the ball so well, and his release is just quick and, you know, smooth every time. And mm-hmm. so, I and, you know, not only can he shoot, you know, off the dribble, but, you know, he can create his own shots, which is, you know, very impressive for a shooter like that. But um, I, I would say yes. I think he's the greatest shooter of all time. I think he um... – Somebody was talking about guarding him. He's like, what's the hardest part? It's not even like guarding him face up. It's like chasing him around the court. Yeah. I feel like there's a statistic like he of 
all point guards, he like ran the most or walked had the most footsteps on a court. I mean, if you watch him, I mean, for young point guards or young young kids who want to get better, I mean, it's an obvious one. Don't shoot from thirty yards, thirty feet out. But I mean, he moves across the court so easily. He finds these gaps, find these these little pockets. And then to be able to do that, to be able to shoot off the off the dribble, and then to make his own shot with the ball is something that, I mean, Ray Allen never had the ball handling skills to get his own shot like Steph Curry did. Even though I love Ray Allen, same with Kyle Korver. They're always like come around the screen, shoot. It would always drain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's never, the kind of player they were. And then someone we didn't even mention is his own teammate Clay Thompson. I think he's oh big for sure discussion as well. Of course, he can't, you know, create his own shot like Curry. But as far as just a pure shooter goes, Clay's definitely got to be in that conversation as well. Talking about insane, he what dropped thirty-seven and three quarters? What? No, it wasn't thirty-seven. It had to be more than that. All right, talking about 40? Curry or Clay? Clay didn't wasn't it one quarter? It would no. There there was one game where he dropped like fifty. In three quarters, wasn't there a game where he dropped like thirty six in one quarter? I think he dropped like thirty seven in one quarter. <laughs> I, I mean, like that's I mean, that's some people's career high. I mean that yeah, that's ridiculous. But I and I, what he had he's has Clay had a Clay had a sixty point game, didn't he? I think he did, and that might be the game I'm thinking about. But like that game, he. They like counted the dribbles, and he had like ten dribbles with sixty with sixty <laughs> points. That's imagine. And, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. And Curry I want Clay Thompson to come back too the other night. There, I I think the Warriors, no doubt, would be one of the top teams right now if Clay Thompson was back. Yeah, most. I, I what are they now? They're like. 500 or maybe slightly less. I mean, they're playing all right. I think they'll be an eight or nine seed. I, I could see them sneaking into the playoffs. I think they'll make the playoffs. But, I mean, because, I mean, you're you're playing with totally different pieces. You're playing with Wiseman. You're playing with Oubre. You're playing with Wiggins. These guys don't really have the connections. They didn't have an offseason to really get to know each other, to play with each other. This team is completely different from last year, so you gotta. I mean, you gotta cut them some slack in that that regard. Yeah. But I feel like eventually they could find the pieces and and definitely be better. Um, let's see. Have you been seeing um the Kentucky guys absolutely balling out in the in the NBA? They've been going off. Uh, I know Tyrese Maxey with a very uh very depleted 76ers roster got to play a lot of minutes and put up 39 points in one of his first like you know big minutes games in the NBA and he showed off and showed out it's it's good to see because I was always I was kind of scared I was like I don't know if what Tyrese Maxey could be in the NBA but I think the 76ers are a perfect roster for him especially since they had like nine guys yesterday that were active to play that was a definitely good show out for him and then talk about Emmanuel quickly, who wasn't even supposed to go. Like people didn't even think he'd be drafted, and got drafted in the first round. And I mean, he's made the most of it. He's he's an active part of their roster. I th- think he started a few games, maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, got to give the man some credit. 
And and like I think that, or I know that Knicks fans absolutely love him already. Uh, oh yeah. I think Alfred Payton has been starting for the Knicks, and you know, like I yeah, I listened to Matt Jones on at KSR quite a bit, and I remember the other day he was talking about how Knicks fans just absolutely love uh, Emmanuel quickly for good reason. I mean, he can shoot. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on him, like just as a ball handler. I don't think he's the best in the world, but no. but in terms of, you know, obviously a very, you know, less version of Clay Thompson in terms of he can, you know, come off a screen and make a shot. Like he's very good oh, at catch sure. and shoot, which, you know, is which is what a lot of these three-point shooters nowadays that's how they get their shot you come off a screen get open and hit a three but and, and he's not he's not too tall so he, he's learned to get to the rim and finish that way yeah I, I mean he he's definitely added a lot to his game and going back to his first year at Kentucky I mean he was I mean he was good but he wasn't what he is now and I think that's good uh that's a good um, showcase of how good John sure. Calipari is. I'm still on the Cal train. I've been very <laughs> um, critical of him, but I think Emmanuel quickly and you know Shea Gilds Alexander, Tyler Hero, those oh, for guys sure. show that he can still indeed coach. And so I think we need to pump the brakes on that. But as far as quickly goes, I, like it's been fun to watch him. For sure. So now we'll move. I mean, that's a perfect gateway into. Kentucky basketball, Kentucky beat, I mean, didn't just beat, they ran up Florida yesterday and <laughs> basketball with Keon Brooks being back. Um, I mean, that was in a, a game I thought was for sure. I thought it could really be a nail biter, but I mean, you got to give, I mean, everybody's hated BJ Boston. I will even put myself in there. I was, I thought he'd be good. Mm-hmm. I thought he would eventually maybe down the line, figure his path, figure it out. But I was like, Hey, this guy is, he he's got to step it up. He's got to hit shots, and he wasn't hitting any of his shots. And yesterday, I mean, he had a really really good game. I feel like the team just clicked yesterday, and I don't want to get too excited. I don't want to say Kentucky's back, but I mean, watch out for. I'm just trying to make the tournament at this point. Well, I mean, we're I mean, like we're off to a good start. I mean, we can't be any better than what we've been in the SEC three and O. As far as Boston goes, like you, I've been very critical of him. Um, And he's been our leading scorer, but it's been a very inefficient leading scorer. Uh, But I feel like (laughs) yesterday, you know, he was hitting his free throws, which he hadn't been doing a great job of earlier in the year. And what I was really impressed with was his defense. He was fighting for balls. I mean, I remember – at the very end of the game, there was like 18 seconds left, and we were up by 18 points. And he was diving on the floor for loose ball. Love that. He had some steals. I mean, he played. That was his. That wasn't his top scoring game, but I think all around that was his best game as a Kentucky Wildcat. I feel like for a person like him, and uh, coming right off of the AAU circuit in Sierra Canyon and being like the number one guy, you got to figure out where you got to put yourself. You got to say, hey, I'm not looking good in this. I need to do it in this way. And I feel like he was a dog on defense. He, as you said, dove for those balls. I think that if he can find his place and learn his role instead of just having to do those spot-up jumpers for no reason, I mean, he could be really, really good. And, I mean, Devin Askew didn't have a good game yesterday at all, but Davion Mintz looked really good. 
I'm we didn't even Terrence Clark didn't even play yesterday, did he? No, I mean like he's still hurt and I'm starting to worry that adding him I mean, I'm not saying that we don't need him. Like I think it'd be good to have him back. But I'm sure. starting to worry that with how well we're playing that he's gonna kinda get lost in the rotation. And I'm worried that he might not see the minutes that he wants to see or that, you know, we expected. But you know, I think I think he could work. I think he can work his way in. I think he can do that. He's, I mean, he looked better than BJ Boston before he got injured. But yeah. man, imagine we 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 whooped him yesterday, and we still didn't have Terrence Clark. I'm man, I'm I, very excited for the game that we finally have our entire roster, which for sure, which who knows, like it may be Tuesday, and we're playing Alabama, which is God, probably the best team in the SEC right now. They look really good. They just beat I don't know. Auburn, Auburn looked pretty good too with Sharif Cooper back. Oh no, they lost. Never mind. They yeah, lost they, to Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, no, Alabama looks really good right now. And then of course, I, I think we play them like twice in the next two weeks. And then we got Texas coming up. So we have opportunities to get some you know quality wins here and really kind of get back on track after that bad start. For sure. I mean, man, that's crazy. I mean, Dante Allen, talk about. An absolute baller. Pen, I mean, I hear it every every game. Average forty two from Pendleton High School in Kentucky. You got to give the guy some credit. That man has been balling. He took his opportunity that Bruiser Flint gave him the game that uh, Coach Cal got taken out, and he took the shot and he rode that baby. It was Mississippi State, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and yeah, it was. And uh, I mean, I'm not gonna like I said, I'm a big Cal guy, and I'm not gonna bury him, but. I think the fan, I think the fan base was right about this one. Dante Allen, look, and Dante Allen and Keon Brooks really seem to have been the missing components to this team because they For sure. are, you know, in Dante's case, he is a you know a knockdown three point shooter, and then in Keon's case, I mean, he's not a great shooter, but he's a formidable one that you got to yeah. you know count for. So it spaces the floor. And it, you know, lets guy lets guys like Askew and Mints and you know, and you know, and even Boston like get more opportunities. So I think moving forward, as far you know, even if Allen is having a bad night, like last or Saturday, yeah, last night, uh, he didn't, you know, that was probably his worst game. But just and he still did pretty good, exactly. And just his presence on the court makes it more difficult for other teams to defend. That's for sure. I don't, I I mean. At the beginning, when he didn't play at all, and people were like, "Put Dante Allen," in. and I was like, "Hey, maybe don't, maybe put him in, but just chill," because I didn't know how really good he was. I've never, I mean, I knew he was really good out of high school, but sometimes that just doesn't translate. And sometimes, I mean, NCAA is crazy different than what high school is in so many aspects. And I was like, I don't know, maybe Dante Allen. I don't know how good he really is. And then he played, and I was like, this kid, this kid can really play. I, I would definitely doubted him from the get go, but man, he. He's he's good. Yeah, and, and to your point about you know the transition from high school to the NCAA, you know, you know I love high school Kentucky sports, but as far as you know, Kentucky high school basketball versus a lot of other places where these guys come from, it's it's not it's nowhere near as good. So to have to learn to play against that competition takes time, but and for sure, I think he's really adapted well and. I think he's going to help us a lot going forward. 
I really do think so. And the uh, the halftime just ended for the the Saints Bears. A nice three to seven game. That's boring. But... <laughs> I, I, I didn't expect it to be this low scoring, but I mean, like both defenses are really good, so I can't say it's totally unexpected. <laughs> I don't think there's any chance the Bears win this game. I do. I'm. I hate Mitchell Trubisky with every bone in my body. I don't. I don't know how. I think he's I, slightly I, underrated. You think so? Yeah. I think he was so hated the last two years that you can't really overrate him at all. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Uh, I hate Matt Nagy and his shiny bald head. <laughs> Cannot stand Nagy either. Uh, Akeem Hicks. I mean, when they were playing the Vikings, I was losing my mind. We also lost to the Bears. Yeah, so that and made me lose my mind too. that's what put y'all out of the playoffs. Ugh, that really. I know you don't want to talk I don't, about that, but. We that was like the game before Christmas. We lost, and we had to like beat the Saints, and then a bunch of stuff was gonna happen, and it definitely wasn't gonna happen. I don't even think if we beat the Bears, we were gonna get any close to the Saints. But and ah. and Alvin Kamara put up six touchdowns on you guys on Christmas Day. Our defense is supposed to be what stands us out, what carries the team, and our defense is trash. Like. Uh, Mike Zimmer gave away so many pieces, and I was like, "Man, what are you doing? Our defense is bad." I mean, we had a good corner out of TCU, uh, Gardy, I think yeah. his name was. He's pretty good. Um, but I mean, and Andrew Sunday, no, not Andrew Sunday. He's it's with us Harrison now, and like you can take him. Back, yeah, you know, in a second, I don't want him. <laughs> uh, Harrison Smith, love the guy. He's elite, elite safety. Yeah. But we have lost so many pieces that. I don't know. Hopefully next year's better. But on the on the good side, I mean, look at Justin Jefferson. Man's balling. I, I I think he's definitely offensive rookie of the year. I maybe. Well, what about Justin Herbert? I think you got to give it to Justin Jefferson. What you think? All right. What who would you get the MVP, the uh, rookie of the year to? Uh. You know what? Like, I will go Justin Herbert just because they always give it to a quarterback. That is true. I don't know. The Heisman was just won by a wide receiver. Well, so. I mean, like, that's a good point. But, I mean, he had to have, like, an historically great season to even get close. So, and, of course, Jefferson had a historically great season, but so did Herbert. And in that that's circumstance, true. I think they'll give it to the quarterback. I think Justin Herbert. I mean, I don't know if Joe Burrows would have won it even if he was healthy. I like to think so. But I like to hate on the Bengals because they do freaking suck. Uh, that that really made me mad is when he got injured because I knew it was going to happen. I knew that – I mean, they weren't protecting him for squat. They literally did nothing to help him Everyone to build around him. Nothing. Happen. Gosh, I was so mad. But uh, I do think Justin Herbert will probably win it because, I mean, he's good. They just fired Anthony Lynn, though. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. And <laughs> – I think it was probably the right move, uh, and I don't know who they're gonna get. I think they should pursue Eric Bieniemy with every bone in their being because Eric Bieniemy from where? Uh, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. Oh, I've heard it. Yes, okay, yes, yes. Um, I've heard about the Jaguars going after uh, uh what's his name? The old Ohio State coach, Mayor. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that'd be perfect for the Jaguars. I would love to see that him and Trevor Lawrence. Um, 
that's kind of going to be awesome. Oh, shoot. I don't know why I didn't have this on the board. Let's Before we end, before we wrap up, predictions for tomorrow's game? Alabama? Ooh, uh, Ohio State? It's going to be a highest scoring game, as everyone expects. For sure. I'll go 48 to 40, uh, 48 to 40, Alabama. 48 to 40. I'm going to say 42 to 28, Alabama. Okay. I think Mac Jones and Devontae Smith. I mean, those guys, the receivers are so fast. I don't think Ohio State can cover those corners as much as they think they can. Uh, I think Justin Fields, uh, he hasn't he hasn't played a defense like Alabama yet. I mean, Clemson was good, but I feel like Alabama's defense is a whole other monster. Uh, but I think Alabama takes this easily. But would you take uh, – there's – listen, there's projected – um, like mock drafts, and it goes Trevor Lawrence, and I think, I think we can all agree that he's going to go number one. Yeah, uh, and I don't think it's any question. Uh, after the uh, semifinal game, some people were saying, "Oh, should Fields go first? No, it Absolutely certainly not. Trevor Lawrence, and I think Lawrence and Urban Meyer would be a great combo. And but I mean, sometimes the college coach, the NFL, doesn't work out. Like you know, we saw it with Saban and. Some other guy yeah. probably and but uh but Urban Myers is so good, I think that'll work out. But so I think Lawrence should go first, yeah. they have Zach Wilson going number two. Am I insane? That's so stupid. No, you're not insane. I don't get it either. Uh and people who say that well maybe the Jets shouldn't take a quarterback, unless your name is Colin Coward, you think Sam Darnold's gotta go. <laughs> uh, Darnold just has not panned out to be what people thought he was going to be. He's terrible. Exactly. And not saying that he can't be good, but I just think it's a bad situation with the Jets, and he has to get out of there. And I think you bring in a new quarterback and a new coach at the same time, and you build on that. But And I th- that quarterback should be Justin Fields, not Zach Wilson. I think they fired um, – what's his name? Gase. Uh Adam Gase, one of the worst head coaches I've seen. I mean, they could have had, they could have beat the Raiders. Who blitzes everybody on a Hail Mary play? You always blitz three. It's common sense. You blitz three. It's Greg Williams football. I mean, uh, he was the defensive coordinator and interim head coach of the Browns for a couple years. And I remember in a Thursday night game against the Broncos. We were up like five or something like that, and it was either third or fourth down in the fourth quarter. And I mean, to give Williams some props, I mean he he doesn't change what he does. He sent all that no. blitz, and but like in that Broncos game, like he got home and they won the game. But yeah, but as far as that Raiders game went, I mean Rugs just beat him over the top, and and then and that was that. You gotta be. I mean, I don't know. Every NFL player, every NFL coach, everybody weighed in. They're like, what is this clown doing? What are you doing, man? Nah, you don't. You got to be. Something's got to be wrong in your head. But um, we're, we, man, this is 43 minutes plus the nine that we recorded first. Good little session. I appreciate everybody who listens. It really means a lot. I haven't been uploading. I mean, 
lacrosse and school was back and there were Dang. the holidays. No, no, no problems though. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Hey, Braden, I appreciate you being on, man. No problem. Uh, can I throw out a little football tidbit real quick? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Give that out. Give that out. And like, this isn't like, I mean, like, this is just a prediction. And I, if you're on Twitter, you're probably starting to see these rumors starting to swirl. Wandale Robinson, Kentucky. I, I, I feel pretty good about that. I think Wandell is going to end up at Kentucky very soon. I mean, who would want to go to Nebraska? I don't know. He definitely wants out of Nebraska. Ugh. Gosh. We drove through Nebraska on our way to Utah. I think. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm probably definitely wrong about that. <laughs> but up there is just straight corn. It's nasty. Nah. I. That's okay. a good prediction. If we got him, that would be with Bo Allen next year. Finally, some next- wide receivers and, and Josh Ali coming back and yeah. Liam Cohen coming in as offensive coordinator. I mean, I mean, like the future is looking bright for Kentucky football. What's the Eddie, – Eddie, I don't know why my names are blanking today. I love Eddie Grant. He did some good things, but I am – wow. I am so happy he is gone. <laughs> I could not be happier. I am too, and I think he's a good guy. Uh, I, I actually met him. A couple times. Really? Like, I mean, not like just out on the street, but like at the UK <laughs> Fan Day uh, yeah. that they used to do in August before COVID. And um, <laughs> and he just seems like a genuinely good guy. So, like, I, I I hate to see him lose his job, but I think it was time for a change with our offense. So And Liam Cohen seems like a good candidate. So I'm happy about that hiring, and I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's a good – Good little call-out recruiting tip. And, um, yeah, I think next year it'll be really fun. I mean, we say that kind of every year, but hopefully COVID won't be here. But I don't want to jinx myself and say anything that I shouldn't say. But, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I appreciate being on. It's always good good to talk and pick each other's minds. Definitely get you on sometime soon. And uh, I appreciate everybody who listens. Um, You got anything else? I think that's it. Uh, happy New Year, and uh, that's facts. And go Browns and go Big Blue. Oh yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes tonight. Um, we out.